Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Brain Stuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. On February 6, 1971, the late astronaut Alan Shepard, the commander of NASA's Apollo 14 mission, was taking a walk on the moon. He and fellow space traveler Edgar Mitchell were out gathering rocks around a depression called Cone Crater. To quote Shepard himself, many of these were hand-sized grab samples, but the pair took home some larger mementos, too. One basketball-sized rock collected by Shepard earned itself a nickname, Big Bertha. Officially known as Lunar Sample 14321, Big Bertha weighs about 19 pounds, that's 9 kilograms, making it the largest rock that Apollo 14 brought back to Earth, and the third largest collected by any of the Apollo missions. Although Shepard found Big Bertha on the moon, that may not be where its story began. The rock is a breccia, a hodgepodge of geologic fragments called clasts, which are held together by a cement-like mix. A newly published hypothesis says that part of Big Bertha formed billions of years ago, right here on planet Earth. 
In fact, despite the lunar connection, this could represent the oldest Earth rock ever discovered. Big Bertha's origins were the focus of a study that was published in January in the journal Earth and Planetary Science Letters. The paper's authors include an international team of geoscientists who looked at the moon rocks procured by Apollo 14, including lunar sample 14321. For the most part, the clasts on this famous breccia are dark gray, but there's also a lightly colored one that catches the eye. It's made of felsite, a kind of volcanic rock that contains the minerals feldspar and quartz. The light gray clast, which is 2 centimeters, that's 0.7 inches across, is loaded with tiny zircon crystals as well. Many zircons contain vital information about what the environment was like when and where they formed. Close inspection of the zircons in Big Bertha's light patch showed that the crystals were produced by cool, oxygen-rich magma. Yet molten rock of this sort doesn't exist anywhere near the moon's surface. To find some, you'd need to travel more than 100 miles, that's 162 kilometers, below the surface of the moon where Shepard and Mitchell found Big Bertha. So how did these zircons, and the clast they belonged to, end up on the surface? A violent impact was probably involved. When a meteorite or asteroid smacks into a planet or moon, it can transport material that's buried deep under the crust up to the surface. And as noted earlier, Big Bertha was found near an impact crater. So case closed, right? Well, maybe not. Cone Crater, an expanse measuring about 250 feet, that's 76 meters deep, and 1,000 feet, or 304 meters wide, was created roughly 26 million years ago. Scientists think that the violent episode that left this depression behind would have failed to dredge up any geologic material lying more than 45 miles, or 72 kilometers, underneath the moon. Big Bertha's felsite clast could have originated deep in a lunar magma pocket, but it doesn't seem likely. The study authors think a different scenario is way more plausible. Around 12 miles, or 19 kilometers, below planet Earth's surface, there's a supply of cool, oxidized magma. This is exactly the kind of raw material that probably made the zircons on Big Bertha's light patch. And, by the way, zircon crystals have a helpful habit of preserving uranium isotopes. Those can be used for radiometric dating, a process that tells us the felsite clast is 4.0 to 4.1 billion years old. Put both of these clues together, and a potential timeline of events emerges. According to the hypothesis championed in the study, some of that cool oxidized magma lying deep under Earth's continental crust hardened into this clast between 4.0 and 4.1 billion years ago. We know that our planet was besieged by meteorites in those days, a process that, by the way, created a lot of old granites. Repeat impacts would have driven the clast ever closer to the surface, until, finally, a projectile hit the Earth with enough force to launch the felsite clear out into space. It's estimated that 4 billion years ago, our moon was around three times closer to Earth than it is right now. The far-flung clast might have bridged the gap and settled on the moon. But around that time, meteorites from space also harassed the moon. And approximately 3.9 billion years ago, one of these impacts could have partially melted the clast and driven it under the lunar surface, where it merged with other clasts and became part of a breccia. Then, 26 million years ago, the asteroid strike that gave birth to the Cone Crater could have set Big Bertha free, propelling it to the spot where Alan Shepard came and grabbed it up one historic day in 1971. If the felsite clast really did have a terrestrial origin, then, ironically enough, it might be the oldest known rock from planet Earth. There's a 4.03 billion-year-old rock from Canada's Northwest Territories that's comparable in age, 
And over in Quebec, the Greenstone Belt is at least 3.9 billion years old. Out in the Jack Hills of Western Australia, scientists have located zircons that formed roughly 4.37 billion years ago. But these crystals seemingly detached from their original rocks at some point. Big Bertha's felsite clast and its zircons seem to have formed simultaneously. Today's episode was written by Mark Mancini and produced by Tyler Klang for iHeartMedia and How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other far-flung topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.